August 4th, 2008. Anybody remember that day? All right, let me tell you what happened on August 4th, 2008. An F2 tornado tore through the north side of Griffith. Now do you remember that day? Yeah. It was August 4th, 2008. I was here at an elders meeting here at the church building when the weather started taking a turn for the worse. And I said, guys, I think we got to go. And uh, sure enough, we left the church building and I started heading home. And I, I lived three minutes away from here. It took me about 10 minutes to get home because every time I'd go down the street, it'd be blocked by a tree. And I had to turn around and go a different way. And the rain was pouring down. It was constant lightning and constant thunder. It was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. This, in fact, it's the worst storm, physical storm, thunderstorm that I've ever been in in my entire life. It was terrifying. There were trees down. We were without power in my house for four days. Uh, and you, the next day when you woke up and you saw the damage done here in Griffith, there were trees down everywhere, roofs, roofs ripped off of houses. Uh, it was frightening. It was absolutely terrifying and, and it was scary. Uh, when the sirens went off, I went home and and I grabbed my wife and child and said, you got to get in the bathtub. I said, I, I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's not good. And so I, I stepped out of the bathroom, uh, out into the front room, and I could see nothing but just, I mean, it was constant lightning to the point where it was light outside. And the thunder was loud. It sounded like a freight train was going by outside. And like I said, it was the worst thunderstorm I've ever been in in my entire life. It was scary. It's the closest I've ever been to a tornado. And I live on the south side of town. This was on the north side. And like I said, the next day when you drove around town and saw all the damage that was done, it was, it was like, how did anybody survive this? Uh, and it was scary. And storms will do that to you. Storms are scary. And I think about some of the other storms, the proverbial storms that I've been through in my life. You know, there's different kinds of storms that we go through. You know, we've, in my family, we've been through financial storms. You know, I think about the time that, you know, you may not know this about my family, but in 2009, our house was eaten by termites. Literal termites ate my house, like to the point where you could take your finger and poke it through the studs. The contractor who came along said, you're probably three to six months away from the roof caving in on you. And so to the tune of $60,000, we had to rebuild our house on top of our mortgage and everything else. It was a financial storm. It was terrible. It was a rotten time in our family. But it was a storm. We've been through physical storms, health storms. Uh, think about, uh, you know, when uh, my wife uh, became disabled. When she fell on Christmas Eve, she's had, in 2007, she's had five back surgeries ever since and can't work outside the home. And she, she works hard, but she's not able to stand for more than a half hour or sit for more than a half hour and uh, it's really hard on her. It's hard on our family, uh, her disability. That was a, a physical storm. I think about emotional storms that we go through and emotional storms that my family's been through. Like when my, when my brother's baby died or when my mother-in-law passed away. Those are five, uh, emotional storms that, that we go through. I, I, when we moved to Minnesota, we moved to Minnesota in 2002 and I, I remember it was such a hard transition. It was such a hard time. Uh, and I was going through an emotional storm, and, and, and it was terrible to the point where uh, there was so much pressure and so much stress, and the church was struggling, and we were struggling, and, and I was sitting at a busy intersection. I've told you this story, some of you, before. 
uh, sitting at a busy intersection, cross traffic does not stop. And, and I thought to myself, if I pulled out in front of the next car, this would all end. And I said to myself, I, I better go talk to somebody. So I went home and I talked to my wife and I said, I think I need to talk to my doctor. I said, I don't want to live anymore. And uh, she's like, okay, go talk to the doctor. I made an appointment, went and talked to Dr. Mayer. Dr. Mayer saved my life. And he's like, he asked me a bunch of questions and we went through a bunch of different surveys and things like that. And I said, I think I'm depressed. And he goes, I think you're bipolar. Sure enough, I was diagnosed in June of 2002 as being bipolar. And he put me on medication. I take my medication every day, just so you know. Take it every single day. It's when, it's when we stop taking our meds that, that bad things happen. So if you are in the same boat with me, if you're in the bipolar boat, the, bi, the SS bipolar, uh, and you're not taking your meds, start taking your meds. That's a little tip from your Uncle Sean. Okay? It was a storm. It was a terrible emotional storm. But God got me through it. He brought me through it. We all go through storms, right? Every single one of us. And they often pop up without warning. It's not like there's a tornado siren going off and, hey, by the way, a storm's coming. It just happens. And some of those storms are, you know, some of those storms are financial storms. You know, something will happen, and it always happens at just the right time, right? The furnace goes out in the middle of winter, or the car breaks down. It's never a cheap fix. It's never, oh, oh it's just real easy. It's only going to cost $7,000. And it's right after when somebody sends you that anonymous check for 10 grand. Somebody sends you that big check. It's like, oh, thank goodness that came through. It never happens that way. And so we go through those financial storms where we don't know how we're going to make ends meet or we don't know if we're going to have enough money for retirement. And we go through those financial storms. And we go through a spiritual storm where we're, we're filled with, with fear or filled with anxiety, filled with doubt. And we struggle with our faith and we struggle with God or we struggle with sin. And we think God could never love me in the midst of this struggle. God could never care for me in the midst of this storm. God doesn't love me in the midst of my struggle with sin. God doesn't love me when I doubt. And that's not true. God is there loving you in the midst of the storm. Even when you doubt his existence, even when you doubt his love, even when you doubt his care for you, even when you have those moments of fear and anxiety, God is there. And He's not going to give up on you. He's not going to walk away from you. He is not going to uh, abandon you. He's going to love you right through it. Sometimes our storms are emotional or relational. When He says, you know what? I don't know that I love you anymore. And I'm leaving. Sometimes our storms are emotional or relational with our kids. When you hear those words that you hate to hear, I hate you, Mom, or I hate you, Dad. And you hear those words and it, it breaks your heart. And that relational storm that you're going through, it's terrible. Or, or it's a relational storm where your spouse or significant other, your boyfriend or girlfriend, grows more distant by the day. And it hurts. It feels like a storm and it's lightning and it's thunder and it's a constant rain just pounding on you. Sometimes it is a physical storm. When the doctor says, I got bad news for you, it's cancer. Or when the doctors say, there's nothing more we can do. It's a physical storm. 
or when you're taking your last breaths or what you think are your last breaths or when somebody that you love and somebody you care about passes away. It's a storm. And the storms are real. And the storms really hurt. And sometimes we can feel like we are so alone in the midst of the storm, in the midst of our boat, and we feel like we're so alone. But I'm here to tell you, you're not alone. You're not alone. And that's what I want to talk about for a little while today. I want to talk about how Jesus is there with us in the midst of the storm. I was thinking about, so we just finished up a series a couple uh, last weekend, uh, a series called Jesus Is, and it was a, story, a sermon series about how Jesus made these seven statements about himself uh, that all start with the words I am, and we talked about that uh, for six weeks, seven weeks. And then next week we're starting a brand new series called Even If. And the series that we're going to start next week is stories from the Bible where people didn't know how it was going to turn out, but they were going to praise God even if he didn't come through. And they were going to serve God and obey God and honor God, even if he didn't come through the way they thought he, they, that he should. So we're going to start that next week. And so I kind of had this one week in between where I didn't know what I should preach about. And I like to preach, I like to plan my preaching six to nine months in advance. So I like to know where I'm going and what we're going to do. And, I, and that can always change, but I do like to plan it out ahead of time. But I didn't know where I was going to preach about today a few weeks ago. And then I thought, you know what, I know so many people who are going through so many storms and that they're really struggling with their faith. And I thought, you know what? I need to preach about just what this whole thing is really all about, and that's faith. And so I want to talk to you about faith today. Faith in the midst of the storm. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to talk about verses 23 through 27. If you brought a Bible, great turn to Matthew 8 23 through 27 if you if you didn't bring a Bible you can grab one out of the chair in front of you it's on page 686 or you can use your favorite app on your smartphone or tablet a Bible app like Version or Bible Gateway and we'll put the words on the screen in just a moment I kind of want to give you an idea of where we're at in Matthew's gospel Matthew uh, wrote the obviously Matthew's one of Jesus's followers and he wrote the gospel of Matthew and this is just a biography of Jesus written from Matthew's perspective and Matthew was writing to a primarily Jewish audience. Um, and uh, we, uh, there's a lot of talk about prophecy and fulfillment of prophecy in the book of Matthew. It's, very, it's a fascinating read. Um, and, and in Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus, we read of Jesus' longest recorded sermon. It's the, called the Sermon on the Mount. It took place on a mountainside, and Jesus preached this long sermon uh, in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And then uh, we see in Matthew chapter 8 that Jesus starts healing people. And so he preaches this sermon uh, about how to have a relationship with God uh, and what God's expectations of us are. And then he goes ahead and starts healing people miraculously. Well, in the midst of these miracles of healing, we see this story that takes place in verses 23 through 27. And so I just want to read it. Uh, we're going to take this in three pieces. Matthew 8, 23 through 27. We're going to look at verses 23 through 25 first. It says, Then he got into the boat, this is Jesus, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Now, one thing you've got to know, this takes place on the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is a lake 
uh, in Israel uh, that is down in the midst of some mountains. And so there's these mountains that surround this lake. The lake is actually 686 feet below sea level. And so it sits down in a valley surrounded by mountains. And when during the heat of the day, the valley fills up with heat. But then when a, when a front comes through, uh, cold air will rush through the gorges of the mountains and will mix with the hot air over the lake. And then uh, they will, uh, storms will pop up out of nowhere. Now, four of Jesus' disciples, at least four of his disciples, were seasoned fishermen. Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And they were seasoned fishermen, and they fished the, the Sea of Galilee all the time. They fished this lake all the time. So they were used to these storms that would pop up, and it, it happened all the time. Uh, but this particular storm must have been really, really nasty. Because these seasoned fishermen say to Jesus, we're going to drown. But Jesus is sleeping on a cushion in the stern of the ship, according to one of the other Gospels. This story takes place in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in all three Gospels. And they all have a different, little bit of a different take on it from different perspectives. And so I love this version from Mark. In Mark 4.38, says, The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we drown? And when you hear those words, you got to wonder, what are they thinking? You know what they're thinking? The same things you and I are thinking when we're going through a storm. Jesus, don't you care? Don't you see what I'm going through? God, don't you know what's happening in my life? God, don't you care that I'm dying here? Don't you care that I'm drowning here? God, do you care at all? Storms will do that to you. They will fill you with fear. They will fill you with anxiety. And they will sap your faith. In verse 26, Jesus gets up. He replied, says to his disciples, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Why are you so afraid? You of little faith. Have you not seen what I've done? Have you not seen the healings? Have you not heard the teachings? Do you not know who I am? I'm the Son of God. Why are you so afraid? Don't you know who's in the boat with you? Don't you know who's right here with you? Why are you so afraid? Jesus was sleeping in the boat. Not because he didn't know what was coming, but because he was in control. Jesus was sleeping in the boat because he knew who was in control. And it was him the whole time. Why are you so afraid? Don't you know that I'm with you? And then he gets up and he rebukes the wind and the waves and it grows completely calm. Thinking back to August 4th, 2008, could you imagine climbing up on top of Kmart when the tornado's coming and you say, stop! It would have blown you into Ohio. Jesus gets up and he says to the storm, stop. And instantly, Everything is calm. Everything is peaceful. Everything is still. That's amazing. I mean, I've been through some storms in my life, some physical thunderstorms, that I would never consider walking outside and saying, I, how did Jesus know he could do that? That's what I want to know. How did you know? You know, I, when I get to heaven, 
uh, I, I want, I hope that there's like a Cineplex or at least a big drive-in theater. That you'll be able to like, this Friday, opening this Friday, Jesus calms the storm. And when you get to see how this happened, I want to know how it happened, I want to see it happen. You know, Jesus gets up and boom and boom. It's amazing. That's awesome. I want to see that this Friday. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Two thumbs up. Anyway, um, I want to see it. What happened? The seas grew still. The wind stopped. And the waves were calm. And then, in verse 27, it says, The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I, I love this verse because it's, it's translated a couple different ways in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Matthew, it says that the men were amazed. In Luke, it says that they were filled with fear and amazement. And Mark says they were terrified. Terrified of Jesus. Almost as if, if he can do this, what else can he do? Or if he can do this, what else can't he do? Well, he could even raise the dead, which he did. It's amazing, the story of Jesus. How he calms the storm and he fills his disciples with fear, amazement, wonder, and terror. All at the same time. Who is this? I'll tell you who he is. He's the one who calms storms. And he can calm your storm. No matter what storm you're going through, Jesus can either calm your storm or he can calm you. He can either calm your storm or he can calm you. So what kind of storm are you going through? Maybe it's a spiritual storm. Maybe it's a spiritual storm of doubt. A spiritual storm that's challenging your faith. A spiritual storm where you're struggling with doubt and fear and worry and anxiety Maybe it's a spiritual storm where you're struggling with sin and temptation or addiction. Maybe it's a spiritual storm that you feel like, if I, you know, God doesn't care about me. Or God cannot possibly love me knowing what I'm going through. Knowing that I struggle with doubt, how could God possibly love me? Knowing that I struggle with sin, how could God possibly forgive me? And knowing that I struggle with faith, how could God believe in me when I can hardly even believe in Him? Maybe you're going through a spiritual storm. Maybe you haven't come to faith yet. Maybe you're seeking answers and you're trying to figure out what it is that you believe and, and you wonder, you know, you do have doubts and you do have fears and you wonder if God could possibly love you in the midst of this storm. And I'm here to tell you, God does love you. And God cares for you. And God wants to heal you in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your spiritual storm. That God wants to calm your storm. And if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you'll believe in Him, repent from your sins, confess your faith and get baptized, God will come into your life. He will join you in your boat. Jesus will forgive your many sins. 
He will fill you with the Holy Spirit and fill you with faith. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that everything's going to go right from here on out. There's still going to be storms that come. But you can know this for sure, that Jesus is in the boat with you. And that's what the disciples forgot. They forgot who it was that was in the boat. They even asked, who is this? They forgot who was in the boat with them. Don't forget that Jesus is in the boat with you. Even in the midst of a spiritual storm. He's in the boat with you in the midst of a financial storm. Maybe your storm is financial and you don't know how you're going to make ends meet. You don't know how you're going to pay the bills, how to keep the nips go on or the water on. And, or maybe something is going on and something's breaking. It's your washer, your dryer, it's your furnace, it's your air conditioner. Please, not on a day like today. And maybe the storm is financial. And you don't know how you're going to put food on the table. You don't know how you're going to feed your family. Or you hear that layoffs are coming. Or that the company's going to move. And you don't know if you're going to have a job six months from now. And that storm is financial. And that storm is real. And it can fill you with fear. But Jesus knows. Jesus knows. The Bible says, Jesus said, that we should pray that God would give us our daily bread. And that in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, your Heavenly Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. So ask Him. Ask Him. He knows what you need. So ask Him. I think our Heavenly Father loves to hear from us. He loves to hear our prayers. And maybe you said, you know what, I can't pray for myself. I shouldn't pray for myself. I feel wrong praying for myself. Don't! Jesus said, give us today our daily bread. Pray for yourself. Pray for others, sure, but pray for yourself as well. That God will provide for your every need because he knows what you need. And he knows it better than you do. And he will provide. And he will provide. Maybe your storm is emotional or relational. And you're feeling lonely and alone. Or maybe your storm is emotional or relational because your kids are distant. And they said, Mom and Dad, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And they just walked out of your life. Or maybe your grandkids, you don't have a relationship with your grandkids. Or you don't have a relationship with your parents anymore. Or a relationship with your grandparents anymore. Or maybe, like I said, it's a brother or a sister. Or a friend. A friend who just gave up on you. And I want you to know that you've got a friend in Jesus who will never give up on you. He will never walk away from you. He will never leave you or abandon you. That He is in the boat with you. He's not somewhere else. He's not far away. He's not, uh, you know, sleeping on, on a cushion anymore. He is with you in the boat. Don't forget the one who is with you. And that He will never leave you. No matter what. Maybe it's a physical storm. Maybe it's a health storm. Maybe it's the, the cancer or another disease. Or maybe it's somebody who's dying or someone who's passed away. And that physical storm is all too real. You know, there's the thunder and the lightning, but then there's the emotional side of it, that rain that just comes and comes and comes and doesn't stop raining. And maybe the storm is really rocking your boat right now. And you don't know what you're going to do. and You don't know where to turn. You don't know how things are going to turn out. Don't forget the one who's in the boat with you. Remember that Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. They just forgot about him. 
till the storm hit. And then they ran to him and they woke him up. But the only reason Jesus could rest is because Jesus was in control. And he's still in control. He's still in control. So I just want to encourage you with, the, with a few last things. And, and this, this is one. The, the wind that fills your sails can sometimes fill you with fear. And the water that your boat floats on, the water that your boat floats on are the same waves that sometimes crash over it. So while you need the wind and the waves to be able to sail, sometimes they turn on you. And sometimes you go through a storm. Sometimes you go through a storm. But when you are in the middle of the storm, remember that Jesus is right there in the boat with you. He is right there with you. He has not abandoned you and he has not left you. He's not water skiing behind it. He's not swimming to shore saying, see ya. It's not what he's doing. He's in the boat with you. And the good news, my friends, the good news is that when the, when the waves start crashing, the wind starts blowing, the storm obeys the Savior. Whatever storm you're going through, whatever storm you've been through, whatever storm that's on the horizon, it still obeys the Savior. And so you may feel like you've been left up to your own devices and that you just have to row as hard as you can. Don't forget who's in the boat with you. And the one who calmed the storm on that day can calm your storms as well. Because the storm obeys the Savior. Whether it's a storm you've been through, a storm you're going through, or a storm that's coming, trust Jesus. Because He is with you in the storm.